Welcome to The Road Back to Life with Ashley and Don, a program brought to you by Patients for Patients with Kidney Disease and their Families, hosted by The Road Back to Life, a mentoring group for kidney patients. For more information on The Road Back to Life, visit us at theroadbacktolife.com. Now here's your hosts, Ashley and Don. We'd like to welcome you today to The Ashley and Don Show. And today, uh, Ashley's feeling a little ill and can't make it, so uh, it's now the Don Show. <laughs> but we're really, really fortunate today, and we wanted to get this in because this person we have as a guest is uh, has got some really neat information for anybody out there who is thinking about a transplant. And uh, it's just... She, her due diligence has been really, really remarkable. So today we're very fortunate to have Mary Beth in studio with us. And thanks for being here, Mary Beth. Oh, thank you, Don. I look forward to it. Thank you. Mary Beth is a kidney patient who has had a transplant and is actually part of a smaller group of patients who was able to stop kidney dialysis or skip kidney dialysis. She's here to talk to us more about how she was able to achieve that, her life as a kidney patient and mentor for the Road Back to Life, and how things have changed since having her transplant. So, Mary Beth, let's just kind of get right to it here. Uh, the first question I, I have in mind is what type of kidney disease uh, do you have, and uh, when were you diagnosed? Well, Don, I have polycystic kidney disease. It's a genetic disease, and cysts grow on my kidneys, and they fill with fluid, and over time, um, kidney failure function decreases, and eventually my kidneys fail. And I was diagnosed when I was 63 years old. Wow. I was diagnosed with the same thing when I was 26. I had a long time to think about it, and I didn't. So you are one of the smart ones. So how did you share your diagnosis with the family and friends that you have? It it must have been somewhat difficult. Is there any advice you could you could share with uh with us based on your experience? Well, Don, I didn't know anything about polycystic kidney disease when I was diagnosed. Uh so I went and found some information online. And I wanted to have some facts so that when I spoke to my family and my friends and I shared this information, I could give them some details. And they were just so supportive and interested in how I was managing and living with this chronic kidney disease that I I felt very much at ease. Uh, They would often ask questions when I saw them. They would share information they might have heard on television about kidney disease. Uh, They were a real partner with me in this this kidney journey. That's really neat. Not everybody gets that, and, and I'm so thankful that you did. And and how were you able to find a nephrologist or a kidney doctor um, that you felt comfortable with and, and would work with you? Because that's really the key portion to this whole thing, I believe. Well, you're so right. Um, when I was diagnosed with Uh, PKD, or polycystic kidney disease, it was my primary care physician who had seen my creatinine level changing, and she had an ultrasound ordered. Um, 
After that, she provided me with some names of several nephrologists in the area. And uh, so I, I made an appointment with each doctor. There were three that she suggested. And I did what I called an interview, which is really just the initial appointment you have with your doctor. I did look each physician up online uh, beforehand, not that that helped me make a decision. I was going with my gut feeling about this. But what I was looking for in a nephrologist was uh, for someone to be my medical partner in this journey with this disease. I wanted a doctor who would listen to my questions and respect my questions and concerns and then guide me through this process. I didn't know anything about kidney disease, let alone polycystic kidney disease. I did find that doctor, and as a result, I had a another very supportive member of my team. So I had my family and friends, and now I had the medical piece to this. Wow, that's really important, too. Did you have uh, a, a plan for your life uh, before you started this, or did you start building your plan as you went along? Oh, I built this plan as I went along. I was... Uh, I was so surprised when I was diagnosed with polycystic kidney disease. This did not happen, Don, uh, quickly. It, w it was a process of a couple of months. I mean, I got the information, I learned more about it, shared it with my family, and found a doctor, but it didn't happen quickly at all. It took me some time to process this and to uh, make appointments with busy doctors and then make a decision. So maybe two or three months, maybe more, but it was not quick. Yeah, I think sometimes uh, we get wrapped up into why does it take so long with this uh, when we're in the middle of it. But it, it is a process and it is a journey. And, and uh, you, you have found a way to get through it. Uh, and, and how did you learn about transplant and, and what did you uh, do to prepare uh, for it? Well, you know, um, I was in my 60s, and I thought that I was too old for a transplant. It, it wasn't even on the radar until my nephrologist, and this is about three or four appointments in, and I was going, oh, every two to three months. Um, so we had been together as a doctor and patient for several visits. He made the suggestion that I think about a transplant, and I frankly said to him, I think I'm too old. And he said, no, he said, I don't think so. And he encouraged me to, to go ahead and research the process, prospect of a, a transplant to see if I wanted to start this process. So um, I went to the Internet, and I looked on sites like the National Kidney Association, the PKD website, various local hospitals. We have three hospitals in our area that perform kidney transplants. So I went to each of their sites. And I just was spending, you know, three months, basically, until my next appointment, uh, looking at information. Um, and then at my next appointment, I told my doctor that I was interested in pursuing a transplant. And I asked him if he'd refer me to the University of Washington Medical Center in Seattle. That's where I thought I would probably be most comfortable. And he was glad to do that for me. That's really nice. Uh, I I had my transplant done in that place uh, as well. And and what part of your planning process 
do you think was crucial for you that uh, allowed you to skip dialysis and move straight to transplant? Well, um, so much of it was because of my nephrologist, his suggestion. He had seen my uh, kidney function decreasing. So I was at about, oh, 25, 20%, 25 or 27% kidney function. And rather than waiting till I reached 20% to start the process, he started me early. I think that made uh, a big difference. I... um. It provided time for me to get all the medical tests to locate information from uh, my other doctors, my eye doctor, my dentist. It uh, gave me time to share the information with my family and friends. Uh, preparing to be on placed on a transplant list is not easy, and it, it's not a fast process. You just don't have your doctor call and make a referral, and that's it. Uh, the hospital transplant team is very involved with you the entire way. You have the responsibility to get your test done to make sure the results are sent to the transplant team and put in your folder. And the transplant team reviews your folder periodically. So um, it's it's your responsibility as a patient to get that information to them. I had to meet with various members of the medical uh center and the transplant team for evaluation. There was there was many things I had to do, and it didn't happen in a month. I mean, the first referral was made, and then I had to wait two or three weeks before I heard from the hospital. And then after that, uh, things moved along with an initial appointment and then a packet of information to fill out. So uh, it, it took me a while to get that done. But I, I kind of want to add. How... I want to add something here, Don. That I think it's important. When you listen to my story, you think that that's all that she focused on was having kidney disease, and that wasn't that wasn't the case. Um, I was still working part time, although I was retired from my uh, career. I was still working part time. Uh, I had family and friends and activities to be part of. I. I wanted to keep a balance in my life. I was traveling as much as possible, and then I had a volunteer responsibility outside of the kidney community. So I was involved in all of these things, and yes, devoting some time to this research and uh, dedication in completing this information for the transplant center, but it wasn't my main focus. I tried to keep a balance in my life. I think that's real important for people to understand that that's uh, an important way to to uh, kind of process all of this. Yes, and I, I think so too, because too often we, we become what we have. In other words, if you have kidney disease, then your whole life it just seems like it revolves around the kidney disease, and, and we lose sight of the other things we like to do in life and that are important to us, like family, friends, and mm-hmm. and different activities. And, and uh, um, it is, we are not a kidney disease. I've said this before, and I'll keep saying it till the whole world understands. We're not what we have. Uh, whatever chronic illness you have, you're not that. You just have it. And so if we can keep our lives as normal as possible, it really, really helps get us through this. 
But in, in the question I was going to ask, and I really didn't mean to interrupt you, oh. but uh, the question I was going to ask is, do you, do you have roughly, because it sounds like it took you a few months to do this and a few months to do that, but in, uh, in the, the whole scheme of things, about what time, you know, was it a year, year and a half, two years? Well, um, I was diagnosed when I was 63, and I received my transplant when I was 67. So it took me the entire process from beginning to actually getting the transplant was, you know, four years or so. Um, and, and something that's really important when I talked about the balance in my life is I loved all these things I was doing, and I knew that and I hoped that the way I could keep this active life was through um, a transplant and managing this kidney disease. And, and like you've said, not let it be the main focus in my life. Yes, yes. It was very wise of you, uh, you know, to, to do that. And and you are a member are, and a mentor of the Road Back to Life, um, which is a mentoring group, and are involved with the support groups and classes uh, like the chronic kidney disease class um, that are offered through uh, the local Puget Sound Kidney Centers in your area. With all of your experience as a patient and as a mentor, what would you tell somebody who is looking for additional support while they're on this journey? Oh, that's a that's a good question, Don. I think that um, when I talk to people, I I want them to be proactive. And they need to understand they need to be an advocate for their own health and their own life. And these are some things not everybody lives in in the area I live in, so their resources are going to be different. But uh, here are some suggestions on how you might start. Is ask your nephrologist about information that's available in the area. And, um, you know, you have that, that 20 minutes of time with your nephrologist so go in with a set of questions written down so you get everything answered that you need. But they have a lot of information about what's available. Um, another thing you might ask your nephrologist is to refer you to a renal dietitian, so that um, you can speak with someone directly about your health and your diet and your renal diet. And that's something you can do right off the bat. You don't need to wait months in in order to ask for that. But um, beyond that, look in your local area, see what's available. Another resource is your local dialysis center. Um, they may have programs or classes that you can attend. I would call and speak with the, ask to speak with the social worker at your nearest dialysis center. Ask if they give tours of the center. And they're more than helpful in uh, any way they can be. And they'll know lots of resources that are available in your area that you might not find. That's how I found the road back to life as I was visiting a dialysis center and the social worker told me about the support group they had in the area. And I had never found that online. So the social workers really know and they have a lot of good information. But I think if you just tour the facility, uh, it certainly helped me feel more comfortable about the support prospect of dialysis. I hadn't received a transplant. I didn't know what was going to happen, but I knew that dialysis was probably in my future. And I felt so comfortable 
about it once I had talked to the people at the center. It took away a lot of my fear, gave me a lot of good information. Um, there are wonderful road, uh, the Road Back to Life website, um, the pskc.org website. There's lots of really good information. So if you live in a more remote area, you know, go to your public library and use the facilities there to go online and find out information. Um, and it doesn't have to be a, a time, it takes, doesn't take a lot of time. And the other thing that I found very helpful was, um, you know, if you're looking for resources and you've asked your doctor, well, also ask the assistant, uh, the physician's assistant, the people in his office, because they often hear what other patients are doing, and so they may have a contact as well. Fantastic. I, I think that's very good information um, out there to be giving to uh, to the people who are listening uh, who are about ready to start this journey in one form or another. Um, we know that you love to travel. Um, you and I have known each other for a number of years. And, and you have been doing plenty of that since your transplant. So can you tell us and our listeners more about life after transplant and how your life has changed? Well, um, as you know, I love to transplant. Uh, excuse me, I love to travel. <laughs> and I have since my transplant. Um, I've finished visiting all 50 states, and within each state I, I uh, visited several national parks and national monuments and historic trails. Um, so I, I love to travel, and uh, having a transplant and traveling when you have a transplant involves a little extra care, but this is what I do, and it seems to work for me. Um, I have a folder, and in this folder, I take it with me whether I'm gone overnight to a friend's home or on an extended trip. I always take it with me. And in this folder, I have, um, of course, my doctor's name and information. I have who to contact. I have a list of all my medications, what the amount is, and when I take them. And if I'm traveling by air, I always wear a mask once I get on the plane. I wipe down the seat and the tray table with wipes. And I always pre-board. I've never had anyone tell me that I couldn't pre-board. And I go ahead and do that with the young families that are pre-boarding. <laughs> and I get this all done so when everyone else is boarding, I'm just a regular uh, person sitting in a seat ready to go. So it doesn't involve but a few minutes. So I have my notebook, I have my med, my medications actually, in my um, bag. And I have a, a bag on wheels, a small one that I take. I never check it. It's always with me. It has my notebook, it has my medications, it has water and snacks that are good healthy snacks that I may need if I get hungry. And I, I have that with me and I just take it on the plane. After I arrive at my destination, if um, we're traveling by air, we usually rent a car. So I, um, while my friends are putting the luggage in the trunk and in the car, I wipe down the steering wheel, the gear shift, and that area around the front of the car. It takes a minute, and we're ready to go. And after we reach our destination and we're in our car for a bit, I usually find a grocery store where I purchase bottled water, 
fruit, veggies, like low-sodium rice cakes and other items like that. So I always have healthy things to eat if I get hungry or we get stuck somewhere and there's nothing but fast food. I do have alternatives. It it does. So, uh, excuse me. I'm sorry. Go ahead. I was just going to add that it, it does take additional effort to do this traveling, but uh, it's so worth it to spend time with your family members, your friends, people who don't near, live near my home, or um, just explore new places and, and meet new people. That's that's the active life I want to keep. Well, d- just so our listening audience knows. <laughs> You just got back from uh, Utah, where you went and uh, with some friends, I believe, explored uh, the national parks up there. Um, just tell us just a little bit about what you saw when you were up there, and maybe the names of the parks. Sure. Um, I uh, went with a group of friends from an online club that I belong to, and I have met these people over over the years. We went to the 150th celebration of the Golden Spike, where the two trains met. And uh, it was, the National Park Service did a fabulous job, got up at 4.30 in the morning and got to the site by 7.30. And it was a fabulous um, presentation with many dignitaries. And what I thought was really interesting um, was they had family members that were actually the descendants of the Chinese workers, family members from the Irish workers that had coming from the other side, actually, and Native Americans. And um, these people were just honored and had, uh, it it was just a wonderful experience. And I must say, it ended at like one o'clock in the afternoon with fireworks and a flyover. And so it, it was super. And after that, um, we visited uh, Dinosaur National Monument and Colorado National Monument and Arches and Canyonlands and, oh, Capitol Reef. And, and then I came home. It was long and hot and tired, but what a time. It sounds like a wonderful trip. That's one uh, my wife and I uh, are thinking about doing. Uh, myself living in Colorado Springs uh you know it's not that far away so uh uh we'll probably be doing that within the, this year probably uh it sounds like you had a wonderful time and uh and probably learned some things that uh, you wouldn't have learned if you hadn't went and uh you know sometimes i think we get caught up in the destination and we don't enjoy the journey and and so I just hope people out there are listening that this is a journey that you're on. Um, Parts of it are more enjoyable than others, but when you get through it, uh, you can look back and see what you've accomplished. And it is uh, what Mary Beth has accomplished is quite a feat because not everybody uh, gets a transplant without uh, having to go on dialysis. And, and having said that, um, there is kind of a responsibility we seem to take on. Nobody really tells us, but, you know, so my next question is, is how have you been able to maintain a healthy, kidney-friendly friendly lifestyle since receiving your transplant? Oh, that's a good question. Um, well, 
As before the transplant and after, I always watch my sodium intake. When preparing foods at home or when I'm eating out, I exercise daily with something as simple as walking or I meet with my exercise coach twice a week. Um, I try to keep the stress in my life under control. And when I wake up in the morning, I always spend a few moments, a couple minutes, um, sort of meditating about what I'm doing that day, uh, where I'm going, who I'm going to be with. And you know, Don, I always, always take a moment or two to thank my anonymous donor family for this, this treasured gift of a kidney. And then I go out and ha- enjoy the day and just do the best job I can. Yes, it is a wonderful gift. And, uh, and sometimes, um, you know, I think we can become um, overwhelmed by that gift, uh, you know. Mm-hmm. So I, I, would, I would like to ask you, because you mentioned it early, earlier, uh, that you like to keep a balance in your life. And, and so how are you able to do that and, and still continuing to do all the things you love to do on this journey? And, and even while you were, you were walking this journey before you had your transplant? Well, Dawn, I learned that from you and the support groups. You always talked about the fact that the kidney disease did not identify us. We were who we were, and it was only a very small part of our life. And I took that to heart, and I, um, as I say, I had other things to do. I had things to do with my life. I wanted to see my grandchildren. I had a job that I enjoyed. I was out meeting new people and traveling when I could. And I just, there was so much that life had to offer that kidney disease, even if I was on dialysis, wasn't going to stop me from living that life. I found out that you can travel when you have dialysis. I mean, all these things were opened up to me. So I just went out and enjoyed every single minute, and I still do. And I think um, your words about kind of how to balance your life and you aren't identified by kidney disease, it's a small part of you, uh, really helped me kind of make that focus. Well, that's very kind of you to say. And, and uh, I mean, I learned that uh, from somebody else along the way. I, I had a, uh, a wonderful doctor, a uh, nephrologist, who uh, helped me make a plan for my, my life. And, and at the time he was telling me about this, I didn't want to have anything to do with kidney disease. And I, I, I didn't know how I was going to uh, be able to handle it. And through his uh, just gentle nudging and persistence, <laughs> he uh, he managed to get me on 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 a road that was uh, more productive and and got me to 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 do the things that I really needed to do. But I did it in, in a way that um, it, it was my idea. He didn't say, "Well, you have to do this." He just kind of put little thoughts into my head to make me think about things and, uh, and got me to think about, well, how, how would I 
do this and what do I want my life to look like? And, you know, I have children. What what are they going to look look at me like if I if I don't pursue something along this line? And I can't just quit. I've never been a quitter and on and on and on a lot of things. And so that was part of uh, this whole process for me. And I'm I'm so glad to have been able to pass some of that on to well, people such as yourself and, and literally uh, as well as you, you know, as well as I do that working for the road back to life, you, um, you meet in a year's time, probably hundreds of people and you share parts of these things that got you through. Mm-hmm. So this is this story due to my nephrologist uh, probably won't stop anytime soon. And, and uh, people such as yourself, and, and certainly I'll keep expounding it uh, as long as I live, um, you know, how to get through this. And, and we are far more than our disease. So uh, having said all of that, uh, Mary Beth, I'd like to thank you for being here in studio with us today. Uh, I, like I, I want to thank you for your uh, uh, constant participation and, and helpful guidance to uh, kidney patients uh, with working with the Road Back to Life and, and PSKC. And uh, anybody else that comes your way, I know you sh- gladly share what you've learned. Uh, and, and for the listening audience out there, thank you uh, for listening today. I hope that you find a portion of this, if not all of this, helpful in your journey. Uh, so as you go out today, just be kind to one another. We hope this week's show has provided you with valuable information and inspiration you can apply to your life. Keep in mind, anything said on this show is for educational purposes only. As always, we encourage you to write down your questions and take them with you to your health care provider. If you have any questions for us or would like to talk to one of our mentors at The Road Back to Life, please feel free to email us at mail at theroadbacktolife.com and we'll be happy to assist you. Now here's Don with this week's Thought for the Day. It makes a big difference in your life when you stay positive. Ellen DeGeneres This is Steve Johan on behalf of Ashley and Don and the team at The Road Back to Life saying thank you for listening to The Road Back to Life with Ashley and Don and for allowing us to be part of your journey. For more information on The Road Back to Life, visit us at theroadbacktolife.com. Now, go out and be kind to one another.